Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on this Tuesday February 20th, 2024. Excited to discuss everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics, particularly in the world of Duke basketball. The ACC regular season picture is becoming a bit more clear. we got to talk about last night's results in the Virginia-Virginia Tech game and what's up next this week for Duke basketball as they've got road games at Miami and at Wake Forest following a pretty exciting victory over Florida State this past weekend. Joining me on today's show, he's back once again, a longtime friend of the program, our pal Brian Horace at Duke Blogger on Twitter. We'll share his thoughts on what's been happening with this Duke team as of late. If you have not done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Also, be sure that you check us out uh, on YouTube. Watch the video, watch the show each and every day. Hit that subscribe button, share this video with your friends, all that sort of thing, as your support means just so much to us. So without further ado, excited to bring him on in. As again mentioned, it's Brian Horace back with us. How are you doing, my friend? It's good to see you again. Doing well, man. How are you? Can't complain. Thank you so much for asking. We were just talking a moment ago. Uh, glad that Duke basketball has been on a good bit of a run. They've won four straight following that loss uh, to the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill. Won three games at home. And now they're in the midst of a three-game road trip. What's been the one big takeaway that you've had over the last two weeks of the Stuke basketball team? Uh, yeah, I just think they're playing much better. You know, as a team, they responded <clears throat> to that loss at UNC, and that's really all you can ask for is just them playing. You know, together they didn't get disconnected after that loss, which you know sometimes you know that can happen after you know a big emotional loss. But they've uh, they've been putting it together recently, and you gotta gotta love that. Yeah, towards the end of the show in our last segment, we'll take a look at the ACC standing so far. And since that game, we've seen the Tar Heels slip up a time or two. UVA there towards the top. Wake Forest, I mean, we've got a lot of things to look at. But to your point, since that game took place, there hasn't been much of that from the Stuke basketball team. It almost feels like the level of focus has been improved. And then I do want to also talk about in that UNC game, like the number one takeaway that Coach Shire had as soon as the game ends is simply that the energy and effort was not where it needed to be. Does that feel like it has been fixed in these last four? Yeah, I'd say so. I think, you know, it's been a gradual sort of uh, incline in that particular, you know, not wouldn't say statistic, but that, but that level, they've definitely been a lot more connected. They've been the team quicker to the loose balls. They've been rebounding a lot better. So yeah, I definitely think that, you know, they, they must've had one of those, uh, you know, come together talks and uh, I think it's working out. Yeah, no doubt about that. Paid off, whatever <laughs> happened to, to get this team back focused and energized and, and ready to go uh, throughout the back stretch of the season. We've seen a lot of individual performances, but we uh, have to start with what we saw this past weekend in Tallahassee, a nine-point victory for the Blue Devils, and Jared McCain was uh, about as good as it gets, Brian. Yeah, I, I that's one of the best performances I've seen from, from a Duke player and many years, if ever, I mean, 35 points, you know, and his efficiency was just ridiculous. I mean, 12 of 20, 8 of 11, that's just, those numbers are just astronomical. He still added three steals and four rebounds, you know, for for a, 
you know, generally a small guard that those are, those are really good numbers, but yeah, 35 points, eight, three pointers, and just could have had a lot more if they didn't slow the game down, but yeah, it was phenomenal. Yeah. Seven of the eight, three pointers came in the first half, as we talked about on yesterday's show, kind of breaking down the game. Uh, the, the second half was not as uh high scoring for McCain and others, on this Duke basketball team, uh, but they they stayed in control and were able to win that game. And uh, if you kind of watch the game play out and if you listen to Coach Hamilton after the basketball game, it was pretty clear the message at halftime for the Florida State Seminoles, that message simply being, hey, number zero in blue, let's make sure we go everywhere <laughs> he goes. Uh, and it seems like they made a little bit of adjustment there. Yeah, and he was still able to put 10 points on the board, had a, you know, a couple of steals. I mean, he's he finds ways to affect the game even when he's taken out of the offense for the most part. So that that's really what you want as a, you know, for a freshman. What can his shooting ability do for this basketball team as they continue to go down the stretch? Cause even in North Carolina, I mean, it's not 35 <laughs> points. It's not 25 in the first half. It's not eight makes from three point range, but his shooting just appears to be uh, such a weapon, such an asset for this team. Yeah. Anyone that's followed McCann over the years knows that, you know, his level of effort is not going to change from game to game. He's going to give you everything he has on both ends of the floor and his shooting for Duke can open up things for everyone else. And I think it does that, especially like the way that he was not necessarily getting a shot in the second half, but everyone else did. Roach got some, got some looks. Everyone else got looks off of the fact that they had to focus in more on him. And I think that is going to be a weapon going into March at least it should be for Duke, you know, to get other guys open. You know, they're not going to be able to focus on Filipowski or Roach or whoever. They're going to have to worry about what's going on, you know, with number zero first. So yeah. that, that's it's great. And I think it also just speaks to, hey, uh, McCain getting a little bit more comfortable <laughs> as the season has gone along. There were certainly a, a few lows earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of a back and forth discourse. I could think early in the season when we had – a really big game from freshman Caleb Foster against Michigan State, and Jared McCain was non-existent in that one. And you're kind of curious, okay, what's it going to look like for him? He's been there for Duke ever since. I mean, uh, Duke comes back at the turn of the year after those two losses, in particular on the road to Arkansas and Georgia Tech, and his play has just gone up to that next level. And it always feels like if he can kind of get that first three-point shot in a game to fall, He's so much – he's just confident. He feels good. He's seen the ball go in. He does have a great ability to drive and finish around the rim. But, hey, we know basketball, three points are greater than two. If you get in a rhythm, you get in a heater, man, it can do a lot for your team. Exactly. And an understated part of his game, obviously everyone knows he's a shooter. He's always been a shooter. But the fact that he's had six games with ten or more rebounds, oh yeah, that, that to me is is maybe the most impressive part of his game. You know, now that Shire's, I think he said that uh, John Shire let him loose now to hunt for those rebounds. I think those are really huge for Duke. He's gotten Duke second opportunities. You know, he's able to get them, you know, second chance points, which is is always a stat that's underrated. But I think definitely bodes well for this Duke team if he can keep doing that as well. Excited to see what's next for Jared McCain and uh, the Duke basketball team in particular. Let's talk a little bit more about this past weekend and what's up next for Duke. But before we do that, Let's take our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. That's right. You can get buckets right now with your first bet. 
on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Want to give a shout-out to former Duke basketball player Marquise Bolden, who just signed a 10-day contract today with the Charlotte Hornets. We've got Seth Curry there now following the trade deadline. Mark Williams has been a part of the Hornets the last few seasons, and now Bolden going there as well. Go see all the Hornets lines. The Hornets, our in-state team here in North Carolina, as the state is gearing up for gambling to come into play in North Carolina. So go ahead and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is an official sportsbook partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, JJ Jackson here with my good pal, Brian Horace at Duke Blogger on Twitter. Brian, tell us a little bit about your work, if you will. Yeah, I mean, generally just all focused on Duke basketball, um, previews, um, wrap-ups for for post-game, you know, the occasional um, live tweets during the game, sometimes at the games. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's basically it. All it's really good to- stuff. Uh, I love the previews before each and every game that you're able to put up there with a, a overlook at the lineups that they've got, and in particular team numbers that are important to kind of paint the story. And so i uh, got a couple of games coming up this week with Miami and Wake Forest, and you need to go to dukeblogger.com and see uh, what exactly Brian's thinking going into this game. So uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you've seen the box score pull up once again from Duke's win this past weekend over Florida State. Um, what are some of these numbers? We mentioned McCain's individual performance, but was there anything else that you sort of thought told the story in this one? Yeah, I, I thought, you know, obviously shooting 62% from three is always huge for, for any team. We'll take that. <laughs> yeah, any day of the week. Any, I mean, obviously eight of those were uh, McCain, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll we'll definitely take that. <laughs> um, generally, just the fact that they out-rebounded Florida State, which is always tough. I mean, they're they're a... Uh, always a very lengthy team and, and, and really focus on that part of their game. So being able to out rebound them, I think was, was really huge. Yeah. And, and talking about this Duke team, some of those numbers again, rebounds 36 to 27 for the Duke basketball team, but 15 coming on the offensive glass. I, I felt like, and we've discussed this before this year uh, and you've certainly been writing about it and tweeting about it. When Duke's able to attack those offensive rebounds, it does so much for them. And uh, as, as you've been watching the last few broadcasts, uh, the announcers have had conversations with John Shire and are quick to point out the fact that uh, Jared McCain now has free will, to your point earlier, about his rebounding ability. Hey, when a shot goes up, go attack. Go be aggressive. Find a way to get us an extra possession. And even for a guard, McCain's coming away with offensive rebounds. Not just him, but if Duke can create second chances, that's just been so valuable for him. Oh, most definitely. 13 second chance points against Florida State. Love it. Yeah, no doubt about that. Taking care of the basketball, one thing that uh, you do want to see improve for the Stuke basketball team. We're in a really good spot to begin the year, uh, Brian, but uh, we did, in a win on Saturday, see a season-high 17 turnovers for the Stuke basketball team. They've been around uh, you know, 14 once or twice 
was mm-hmm. the worst that we saw this entire year. And really, it's a Duke team that on average is right around eight to ten turnovers per basketball game. So a bit of an outlier. Um, did you feel like that was more sloppy on Duke's part? Credit to the length of Florida State. Uh, just a weird blip in the uh, kind of season so far. What did you see? Taking um, care of the basketball. I, I think it was a good mix of both. I think Florida State does a good job of uh, you know disrupting what you do in the paint. So I think when our guards penetrated, they were over-penetrating a bit. Um, I think you forgive the ones that Jared McCain committed. Obviously, he had a much higher usage, 39 minutes in that game. You know, handling the ball as much as he did, you're going to have, you know, a few of those. But uh, you want to see a little better from, you know, Filipowski and Roach. But uh, I think a lot of it was just Florida State. They're they're just a big, big team. And they, you know, they focus in on trying to disrupt whatever you do in the paint. And I think when our guards penetrated or when our bigs caught the ball on the perimeter, they were they were basically just crashing in on them and, and deflecting a lot of those balls. Yeah. And so fortunately for Duke with Florida State's length, uh, we mentioned 15 offensive rebounds for the Blue Devils, just nine for FSU. So they were not able to, you know, get too many extra possessions from that one. And Duke was able to stay even in the points off turnover category. That was one of the big differences in that loss to North Carolina. So good for Duke to take advantage of those 14 turnovers that Florida State had in this one. And then additionally, uh, protecting the three-point line. FSU was four of 14. That's under 30% from the three-point line. And uh, I think that's always a good number to look at for how Duke's performing defensively. Most definitely. Yeah, excited to see how uh, that one can continue for the Duke basketball team. All right, let's get to Kyle Filipowski. Seven points, or excuse me, eight points on the basketball game for Filipowski. You mentioned the six turnovers, four fouls. Uh, He's been in a good bit of foul trouble recently. Are you noticing anything? Do people need to calm down a little bit with Filipowski? Uh, What's the overall pulse right now in your eyes? My honest opinion is a lot of us are, are really hard on Filipowski because we expect that huge sophomore jump. And I, I think there are a lot of reasons, not necessarily reasons or excuses, but mitigating factors as to why he's not playing the best basketball that he's ever played. And I think some of that goes back to his lack of a summer. You know, I think, you know, the summer when you're really putting in that work is when you really start to progress as a player. And he didn't get any of that, you know, having his his double hip surgeries having to focus on really coming back physically. So I, I think, and again, it's just my opinion, I think coming in the next five to six games, I think we'll probably see more of what we expect from Filipowski. I think he's frustrated a lot of times with his play, but I think as long as he tries to affect the game in other ways, like he did have eight rebounds in that game, you know, even when you're not playing well offensively, hopefully you can bring it in other ways. You know, He hit both of his free throws. You know, He was three for seven from the field, which isn't awful. I just think he's he's sort of going through it physically, and I think um, at least I hope that's going to change. But I think you know it all starts with him. I think the the team hasn't lost confidence in him. Shire hasn't lost confidence in him. The hope is that he hasn't lost confidence in him. Yeah, no, yeah. You want to make sure Filipowski's feeling good and in a good mental spot because uh, I know that's got to be tough. Uh, knowing what you could perform and the way that you could perform out there, uh, but it not always coming together from time to time. We mentioned. Uh, sort of a drop in shooting numbers from the free throw line since the calendar turned to 2024. Uh, but he, as to your point, knocked down both of them in that game against Florida State. Didn't have to take too many shots from the outside because uh, Mr. McCain was doing all the work for the Stuke basketball team. Want to see that turnover number go down. And, and then sure. I think important to highlight 
um, you know, being in the post and handling uh, the defensive responsibilities that that entails in six of the last nine games for Duke basketball, six of the last nine, Filipowski has had four or five fouls in that game. And uh, Duke's better when he's out on the floor. So I think it's going to be really, really important that he can stay out of foul trouble because, hey, even when it's just four fouls in a game, Brian, he didn't foul out, but you can almost guarantee when you look at the numbers, he also didn't play as much as the Duke team would want him to play because they're having to sit him down and make sure they do avoid that fifth foul. Yeah, I I think it's also a a bit of a snowball effect. So Duke turned the ball over 17 times, as we talked about. You can't build a substantial lead when you're giving the ball up. You're you're losing possessions. You're giving the other team extra possessions. I think that affects the rotations you get to play. I think that affects when you can sub in guys. So I think a lot of that has to do with him, you know, picking up those fouls. I think – if he can get to the first, you know, Shire sub with maybe having one or less fouls, then you're in a good position. But if you're getting too early, you're you're in trouble. And I think a lot of that is uh, if Duke takes care of the basketball and things work the way they should work, he's ne- not necessarily on the floor less, but he's able to get the rest he needs where he's not playing tired, where he's not having to recover from a guard getting beaten and having to be, you know, the guy in the middle. So I think I think there's a snowball effect on why he's getting those fouls. Yes, he occasionally picks up a couple on the perimeter. We want to knock that out. But I think a lot of it also is is if our guards are defending better, I think Filipowski's put in less harm's way, and I think he's picking up less fouls as well. That's a great point to make. Yeah, definitely a team effort on that end of the floor for sure. All right, we've got to take one more break here on the program, and then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the ACC picture and other things that we're noticing. Big week for Duke, a couple of road games, and we discussed that on the other side of this break. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all of that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Let them help you out by doing that. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions apply. Back on Lockdown Blue Devils here today, J.J. Jackson alongside my good friend Brian Mm -hmm. Horace at Duke Blogger on Twitter. Go check out his website and his work as well. We want to talk a little bit about the ACC picture so far here today. Duke, of course, with games coming up against Miami and uh, Wake Forest on the road this week. The North Carolina Tar Heels currently have a half-game lead over the Duke Blue Devils. The Tar Heels finally have their bye in the season this week. No midweek game is their idol, but then North Carolina's got a big contest coming up this weekend against Virginia. 
Speaking of Virginia, by the way, we mentioned the Cavaliers a little bit earlier today, uh, and they got absolutely smacked last night in Blacksburg. 75-41, a 34-point victory for the Virginia Tech Hokies over UVA. What are you making of this ACC picture right now, Brian? Per usual, it's wild. I mean, everyone thought (laughs) North Carolina was going to run away with this, and then they stumbled up a bit. <clears throat> and uh, Duke's right there, UVA a couple of games back. It's it's gonna it's gonna be wild. Even Pitt. I mean, there's 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 still room for you know Pitt, NC State, and Wake Forest to creep back in there. So there's a there's still a lot of movement that can happen. But uh, you gotta like you know Duke and North Carolina being in a position where they can uh, basically um, choose their own destiny. <laughs> they, they, they you know it's all in their hands. So no doubt, either team no. wins out, they win. Yeah, absolutely. And and UVA has an opportunity to, uh, of the top three teams, uh, all three of them still have to play each other one more time again. <laughs> so UVA does get a shot mm-hmm. against North Carolina and Duke. The problem, yeah. however, with last night's loss is that uh, they need those guys to stumble along the way now an additional time. And uh, to your point, a few weeks ago, we didn't necessarily think North Carolina would kind of fall back the way that they have in conference play, but they've stumbled a time or two, did bounce back this past weekend, but Duke now in a possession there uh, or a position where they're even with the Tar Heels in the loss column, and we'll see how Duke's able to keep this one going. Uh, we saw Wake Forest, and uh, earlier this week, still have yet to see Miami, uh, but if you, more on the just kind of rest of the league so far, because this time of year, a lot of people are really curious just how many teams are going to get into that big dance. Yeah, I mean, it's looking like, you know, obviously North Carolina, Duke, Virginia. <clears throat> I think the outliers are sort of does NC State, Wake, Clemson. One of those teams is going to get in, I believe, and I just don't know which it's going to be at this point. Excited to see how all of that comes together uh, and plays out for sure. So mentioned it a moment ago, but Duke does have a game coming up this week against UVA and uh, – or excuse me, against Miami on the road. We were talking a lot about UVA there, but uh, a game coming up for the Blue Devils against the Hurricanes there. Uh, Tyrese Proctor was not available for Duke basketball against Florida State over the weekend in concussion protocol. Uh, as we talked about, I think Duke will keep this close to the vest like they always do, so we'll likely find out, you know, 15, 20 minutes prior to the game getting started when Duke releases a statement as to whether or not he will be in action and playing. But uh, what are you thinking about this matchup? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I think both teams, and I'm going to assume with, uh, you know, concussion that Proctor will probably not play in this game. That's how I'm thinking. But I also believe Nigel Pack should be out for Miami as well. I think after the last game, they said there would be a, he'd be back in the coming weeks I'm going to assume he'll at least miss another game, and I think that would be the the Duke game as well. So I, I think both teams minus you know a probable starter. It's going to be interesting. Other guys are going to have to pick it up. One guy to look for, I think, for Miami is Matthew Cleveland, who generally has really good games against Duke. The last two, I think, he's averaging 17 points, uh, something around there. So he's a you know he's a guy that obviously can light it up. You know, 38 percent from from three point range right now, averaging 14 points. And obviously, Norchad O'Meara is their leading scorer. He's just a load underneath. He's uh, he's going to be a tough matchup for, even though he's only, what, 6'7"? Yeah. Still a tough matchup in the middle. 
Yeah. Uh, to your point about Matthew Cleveland as well, if Duke fans haven't been keeping up, you're familiar with that name, of course. Uh, but he was playing for Florida State over the last few seasons. <clears throat> now he's transferred in that state. He's now wearing the Hurricanes uniform uh, and playing for Jim Laranaga and company. So uh, really excited to see this matchup. Uh, on the defensive end of the floor, you mentioned the guards and how much they'll be able to kind of help out Kyle Filipowski in the post if they can kind of keep their people in front of them uh, and, and not have so much offensive penetration coming from the Hurricanes, Mark Mitchell has done a good job on the defensive end of the floor. But uh, just what are some of those keys you think for Duke to pick up a win? Yeah, I think unfortunately for Duke, they're playing another team <clears throat> who's putting out another wing that's six foot seven. You know, like in a, in the Blake Henson mold. You know, and uh, I think that's where they've struggled at times. But I think yeah. um, Caleb Foster has come along and and, and played much better in uh, you know Tyrese Proctor's absence. And I think if he can continue to be <clears throat> that, you know, sort of big guard for Duke that plays and, and defends and doesn't turn the ball over, which I don't think he, I think he was uh, one turnover in the last game, which is great for his usage in that game. I think Duke will be just fine. I think they have to sort of flex their ability to shoot the ball. You know, if Roach McCain can have good games, put this team behind, make them play from behind, I think they can really, uh, you know, pull this one out early. I think Miami's been struggling. I think they had four straight losses or something to, to that effect. Yep, four straight in the yeah, ACC. Now, now's the time for Duke to pounce on this team. Yeah, never thought that we'd see a day where Jim Laranega leading the Miami Hurricanes would have four straight losses in conference play. But mm. here we are. Stranger things happen in this sport. That's why we keep tuning in year in and year out. So mm -hmm. um, awesome stuff. Really excited to see the week ahead for Duke. Again, Miami on uh, Wednesday. That's tomorrow night. And then at Wake Forest this upcoming weekend, a team that played Duke very tough hmm. uh, a few weeks ago back in Durham. So excited to see how that game plays out and unfolds. One more time, Brian, if you will, where can people follow you on social media? And then uh, what exactly is Duke Blogger? Tell us one more time about your work. For sure. You can follow me at Duke Blogger on, uh, on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. Um, check the website out, DukeBlogger.com. You can get, you know, previews of all the games, all the stat information you need. Um, wrap-ups of all the games after they're over my my assessment on what went right what went, you know what went wrong and just basically any duke info that comes out uh awesome stuff i couldn't endorse it more so go make sure you check out duke blogger brian once again great to see you as always we'll do this again sometime soon okay appreciate you man thank you all right that's brian horace joining us here on today's episode of locked on blue Devils, and what a fun show that was once again make sure that you follow us uh, wherever you get your podcasts, hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star rating and written review in particular on the Apple Podcast platform uh, and continue to hit subscribe to our YouTube channel. Really do appreciate that support. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.